Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good afternoon, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Oh, yeah. Good. That was nice and warm. Thank you all for joining us here, whether you're in our video venue, whether you're here in person or whether you're watching online. We are glad you are with us on this Labor Day uh, weekend. Um, How many of y'all are resting tomorrow? Yeah? Okay, good. I knew um, y'all were going to be in church today because, one, y'all just love the Lord and love church, and others of you, like me, um, need to repent for cheating on Chick-fil-A with Popeyes this week. Mm -hmm. And the only reason some of y'all can't repent is because you went to 12 locations and they were sold out, so that's all right. But I'm, I'm just so glad you are here and excited about uh, what we're going to be talking about today. We are in September, and there are four months left in the year. And my word to you this morning is finish strong. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs 15 and verse 14. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 14. There's one short verse of scripture that I want to read. And it says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Let's pray. God, have your way and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, I was talking to a marathon runner the other day and I asked him, what's the hardest part? What's the hardest mile? And he told me the last six miles were the hardest miles. And at first, you know, I chuckled because I said, that doesn't make any sense. You're closest to your goal. How is that the hardest part? I would be excited because now I don't got to run no more. I'm close to being done finishing what I had started. But as I begin to reflect on it and I realize some of the toughest moments in my life have been when I'm so close to the breakthrough, so close to the end, so close to accomplishing my goal. Think about it. If you ask a coworker what is the longest hour in the day, they would probably tell you it's that last hour. If you talk to a high school student and you ask them what's the longest time in their day, they would tell you it's that last hour. If you talk to a pregnant woman who is nine months pregnant and a week overdue, she would tell you that the hardest part of this pregnancy has been these last few moments. Get this thing out of me. Uh, you, You see, sometimes one of the most difficult times in our journey, in our life, is the last moments that we are going through. One of the most challenging moments is that last mile. See, we all start and we all uh, begin things, but along the way we are tempted to stop where we are. We are tempted to walk away before the close. We are tempted not to finish strong. Uh, practically speaking, how many of us went to the gym in January and now we're here in September and the last time we went was January? (laughs) Or or how many of us have laundry that is washed but never folded? Uh, How many of us have started Netflix movies that end up watching us? 
how, how many of us have honeydew lists that has one check mark off, but it, it's, we've been moved in for four years? You see, sometimes we start some things, and there's plenty of students in here right now who started homework that was due about a week ago and still didn't hand it in. I'm telling on y'all? No? Okay. Here's the reality, is that sometimes it is difficult to finish what we start. There are life circumstances, there are things that happen, that come up, that cause us to not finish strong, to veer away from what we have started. And you know, those were kind of silly things that we talked about, but sometimes what we're tempted to walk away from is a little bit more serious. Sometimes there's a challenge in our marriage that causes us to wonder whether we should walk away or stay. Sometimes it's our career seems that it has plateaued and we don't see a way forward. We don't see a way how we can take that next step. And we're wondering whether we should quit and give up. Sometimes the relationships in our lives, the friendships, the family relationships have had some things happen that causes conflict and we don't see a way forward and we just want to leave things the way they are and quit and give up. Sometimes the dreams and the goals that we have, we don't see a way that it can be accomplished and we want to throw in the towel. We want to walk away. We don't want to finish strong. And if we're really honest, sometimes our walk with God, sometimes our relationship with the Lord causes us to have some questions and doubts and fears and concerns. This is something that the writer of our text, Solomon, knew very much about. You see, scripture tells us that he was the wisest man who had ever lived. And his life started off so great. It started off well. He had a relationship with God. But something happened along the way. Life events caused him to drift. There were circumstances that caused him not to finish strong. And although in our scriptural text he's not explicitly talking about finishing strong there are some truths in this text that i want to lift for us that will help us understand what it's going to take for us to finish strong what it's going to take for us to overcome and make it through what we are going through the overall theme and uh, idea of this particular text is that we are what we consume what we consume reveals who we are and influences who we become The overarching idea of this particular verse is what we consume reveals who we are and influences who we become. You see, my brothers and sisters, we are all fueled by something and what we consume is what fuels us. And this was the problem for Solomon because when he started out in life, the thing that was fueling him was something positive. It was something good. It was something that was a benefit. But along the way, he started being influenced and consuming something different and it changed the course of his life. Look at what uh, scripture says in 1 Kings 11 and verse 4. It says, in Solomon's old age, they being his wives, turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. 
What we consume shows us who we are and influences who we become. What I mean by that is that if you consume doubt, you are going to be a person who continues to doubt and you will never see things happen in your life. If you are someone who consumes fear, you will be a person who is fearful and you will never have the faith to step out. But if you would consume faith, if you would consume hope and joy and love, you will see the workings of God, the fruit of the spirit manifest in your life. Here's... The problem for Solomon, and when he writes this, the the overall theme is displayed to us as a comparison between two different individuals, a wise and a foolish person. And here's the first lesson from the wise person is that wise people intentionally seek out the good. What that means is that they are strategizing, they are planning, they are looking ahead. They, they have a plan in mind on what it takes to get to where I'm trying to go. That they are not, uh, they are willing to say no to other things to say yes to the right thing. The wise people intentionally seek out the good. The scripture says that they seek knowledge, but they're willing to go where they need to go to do what they need to do in order to accomplish their goal. But the second part, the foolish people randomly graze. And what the the writer is trying to teach us here is the idea of uh, cattle kind of just eating whatever is put in front of them, randomly grazing. And the motive behind this is convenience. Randomly grazing is conveniently eating whatever is there. But the danger of convenience is it may be easy for you, but it's not the best thing for you. It it may be easy to uh, obtain, but it will have negative side effects. And the thing about conveniently eating or conveniently consuming or randomly grazing is that you tolerate things that you were never intended to have. That you allow things into your world, into your circle to affect you and it will have adverse effect to you because it was never intended for you. Practically speaking, there was an example of that that happened to me uh, this week. Uh, we were driving on Sunday after church. We had to go to Atlanta and come back. And I ended up, instead of being intentional about what I ate, I got whatever was convenient. And between eating that and about 2 a.m. in the morning, I ended up in the hospital looking like this. See... Thank you. The first service laughed at me. Y'all love me. I appreciate that. You see, I was conveniently eating. I wasn't being intentional about what I consumed, and it had an adverse effect to me. That's not even the funny part, y'all. Let me tell you the real funny part about this is that um, my lip was starting to swell, and I look over to my wife, and I nudge her, and I said, babe, my lip is swelling. And my good Jesus-believing wife uh, rolled over and said, pray about it and go to sleep. Right? I mean, I, I love the Lord. I believe the Lord. But I, I believe in medicine, too. So I'm just like, no, babe, for real. My lip is swelling. And then so she takes off her eye mask. She squints and she looks at it. She's like, babe, your lip is not swelling. It's just big. It's okay to laugh. I know. You know, I had to take that. It it was what it was. 
but it was because I wasn't being intentional about what I consumed. Could it be that the frustration you're facing now is that you've been living a life of convenience and not intentionality? Could it be the difficulty you're facing is because you're informed, but you're not applying? Watch this. What's interesting about this text is that there is nothing different about the wise person and the foolish person other than their decision. You see, for the wise person, they decide that what I desire matters more than my convenience. And for the foolish person, he says, my convenience trumps my desire. Here's what I need you to understand because Solomon ran into this because in the beginning of his life, he was intentional about what he was doing. But later on in his life, he would selectively apply the wisdom that he had when he felt like it. And I want you to understand that information without application leads you to frustration. If you've got information but you don't apply what you have, it will lead you to frustration because here's the thing, you got dreams for bigger, but you got small application. You got dreams for greater, but the application of what it takes to get there is missing, it's lacking. There is a, a gap between what you desire and what you are doing to acquire that which what you were desiring. And Solomon got to the point where he was so frustrated. He was so upset. He was so, uh, it, it just, life started going bad for him. Things were going wrong. And he got to the point that the wisest man in the world said these words in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 1 and verse 2. He says, everything is meaningless. He's talking about his life, says the teacher, completely meaningless. I've tried everything that I know how and it's not working. This is meaningless. And some of you, those words are resonating with you. What you are facing seems so frustrating and you're trying to find meaning in the midst of what you're going through. Others of you are are trying to just find an oasis of hope in what feels like a desert of despair. And all of us are just trying to move forward, to find a path forward where whatever you are on the spectrum, I just came to remind you and encourage you that God's not finished with you yet, that he wants you to finish strong, that he has great plans for your life, that he's going to give you what it takes in order to succeed. He's going to give you the endurance to make it, that he didn't bring you this far to leave you, that you are going over, not under, that the victory belongs to Jesus he will fight your battles you will finish strong you're going to finish strong and I think this text raises some questions for us to ask ourselves that if we are going to finish strong if we are going to accomplish the purpose and the destiny of God on our life there's some questions that we have to answer There's some questions that we must respond to. Here's the first one is, is my motivation convenience or is it attached to purpose? Let let me say it a different way. What's the why behind your what? 
What pushes you? What motivates you? And here's a great way to differentiate between the two. Convenience is concerned with immediate comfort, where, where intentionality is concerned with accomplished purpose. Convenience is concerned with how do I feel better now? And intentionality is concerned with how do I fulfill destiny? And he, here's the, the, the problem, guys. Sometimes we think pressure is bad, but pressure is necessary for purpose. In fact, pressure sometimes pushes and propels us to the place that God wants us to be. And maybe the thing that you're looking at and saying that is hard and that's pressure is the very thing necessary to move you into the place that God wants you to be. Maybe the tension on your job is the very thing you need to push you into starting that business. Maybe the tension in your life is the thing God wants to use to produce purpose and destiny in your life. And here's, here, here's the reality. Our motives are important because convenience will, will give us a temporary high, temporary excitement, temporary good, but intentionality will give us a long-lasting destiny, long-lasting fulfillment. This is what uh, James chapter 4 and verse 3 says. He says, and even when you ask, he's talking about prayer, You don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. Can I tell you, there are some things that God will not say yes to because you're asking for less than what he's called you to. There are some things that God will not open up to you and it's what you desire, it's what you want, but it's less than what he has for you because you're looking for convenience where God is saying, I'm calling you to purpose. There is more that I have for you. There is greater that I have for you. And if you're going to be caught up in convenience, you will miss the purpose and destiny that I have for you. You will miss the assignment of God on your life. You will miss all of the good that he has searching for convenience. And so we must answer this question for ourselves. Is my motive one of convenience? Or is it attached to purpose? Here's the second question that I want to lift is, am I intentionally seeking or randomly grazing? The truth behind this is, do I have a plan? You know, in the old days, we used to say stuff like, well, if the Lord wills, it'll happen, and um, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. But God invites us to be a part of what he's trying to do in our lives. In Proverbs 16 and 3, it says, submit your ways, whatever you do to the Lord, and he will establish your plans. So God is working with you, not for you. He is not a genie that we rub the bottle and say, do this, and he does it. What he's saying is you have a responsibility to partner with me to fulfilling the purpose that I have placed on your life. And so, do you have a plan? Am I strategizing? Have I looked at what he has placed in my heart that I desire? And have I charted a path forward? 
Have I analyzed? Have I looked at these things? Have I given up too quickly? Have I just accepted what is around me instead of pursuing the God things that he has for me? I think Pastor Marty says it, uh, said it like this last week. He says, sometimes you've got to say no to good things to say yes to the great things or say yes to the right things. And so am I intentionally seeking out what is right for me or if, am I randomly allowing life to just happen to me? Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 9. He encourages us to play an active part in what God is trying to do in our lives. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. He's saying, don't quit. Don't give up just because you were denied the first time. And here's the reality. A no in one season may be a yes in another season. A not yet in one season will be a right now in another season. That there is a timing to what God is trying to do. So he's saying, keep on knocking. I know your dream is dormant, but keep on knocking. I know it seems impossible, but keep Keep on seeking. I know it seems like it's not going to happen, but keep on asking. Be intentional about what God is trying to do in your life. Here's the third question that we must answer is what am I going to do differently to help me finish strong? The reality is sometimes what has got you to where you are is not enough to get you to where you're going next. And sometimes we get stalled because we don't know how to take that next step to do something different to get over the hurdle that we're facing. And here are three practical things that I think will help us get over these hurdles. The first one is ask God for wisdom. And I know that doesn't seem profound, but uh, when's the last time that you went to God first and not after you wanted to do something? You know, sometimes what we do is we say, Lord, this is who I want. Now make them who they're supposed to be for me. Instead of saying, God, who do you have for me? One one of the, the questions or prayers that I always pray is, Lord, give me the wisdom to know what is you and what is not you. Because sometimes we mess up. And get with a good thing that's not a God thing and it becomes the wrong thing. And so I need to ask God for wisdom. This is what he says in James chapter 1. He says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. A practical way to get glean the wisdom of the Lord is to consistently be in scripture. He will open our eyes, open our hearts to what he is saying in wisdom. So ask God for wisdom. He will not turn you away. Here's the second thing. And in my opinion, one of the most important things is that we need to apply God's wisdom. You see, uh, one of my favorite movies growing up was The Karate Kid. And um, Mr. Miyagi, it was really funny. He, the, the boy thought he was about to learn karate. Mr. Miyagi took him to a car and he said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Wax on, wax off. 
You see, the boy is frustrated because he couldn't see the connection between doing that and getting what he desired. But what Mr. Miyagi was teaching him is a principle of consistency, a principle that if you can master this, you can master what's next. And I want to encourage you that when you get wisdom from God, you got to do the wax on, wax off method, which is I gain wisdom from the Lord and then I apply wisdom from the Lord. I gain the wisdom from the Lord and then I apply it. I'm constantly going back and forth where I'm putting into practice what the Lord is teaching me. And as I put it into practice, I see him working in my life. I, I know I've been stressed out, but I see him giving me patience and I'm putting it into practice. I'm putting into practice everything that he has promised me and everything that he has told me to do we've got to apply the wisdom of the lord and not just be here this is this is what james says in james chapter 1 and 22 he says but don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says otherwise you are only fooling yourself don't just hear it don't just receive it but apply it and watch God work in your world. Here's the third thing. And some of you in here are saying, preacher, I'm doing that. I'm gaining the wisdom from the Lord. I'm, I'm applying the wisdom of the Lord. But here, here's the third part. Because there are just some situations that require us to abide in God's strength. You see, there are some things that happen that uh, we, we just got to rest in his strength and make it over. There are some things that happen that you're not able to handle on your own and you've just got to remain and rest in his strength. The scripture says it like this, his strength is perfect in our weakness that we can abide, settle in, rest in, remain in, dwell in his strength because his strength is greater than our strength. His strength is, has the ability to do what we cannot do. Look at what it says in John chapter 15 and verse 4. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Let me read it another way. You cannot finish strong unless you remain in me. You cannot overcome unless you remain in me. It's going to take God's strength to move past the obstacle you're facing. I want to close with this proverb. Um, there was a story my dad told me of this young boy who was in love with the piano. He loved the piano so much and uh, there was a famous musician in Europe that he loved and he followed and watched and he began to mimic him and all he could do really was chopsticks. And one day that famous musician was coming over to America playing at Carnegie Hall and his mother got tickets and it was an awesome affair and the boy looked up in wonder and just all the beauty and he saw the piano on the stage and while his mother looked over to say hello to somebody he raced up to the stage and he sat down and he began to play chopsticks now the people who showed up came to hear a professional somebody who was the best at what he did and they were in horror what is that sound what is going on? Why are they playing? Can somebody get that child down? But the master musician who was in the back 
without a word, hurried out to the stage. And he put his arms around the boy who was playing chopsticks and began to play a countermeasure that harmonized and enhanced his chopsticks. And all the while making a new sound, a beautiful sound. And while he was doing that, he is whispering in the little boy's ear saying, don't quit. Don't stop playing. Keep going. And I want to tell you that that's the word that God wants to speak that while you are playing chopsticks, while you are trying to do what you are doing, that God is coming behind you and making a harmony of what's going on. He is working out what the enemy meant for evil for your good. He is making beauty out of ashes. He is making something better, something more. And I want you to know that you can finish strong that you're going to make it that you will overcome this that this battle will not take you under you're going through you will finish strong and this is what I want you to do if you have your Bible app highlight this verse it's Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 12 and 13, it says, so take a new grip with your tired hands. I know you've been crying. I know you've been hurting, but take a new grip and strengthen your weak knees. I know you've been buckling over the the weight and the heaviness, but he says, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. You're going to be strong. When you look back at this time, you will see that the grace and the mercy of God brought you over, that you made it. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will live and not die to testify of the good works of the Lord. Here's the bottom line. We can finish strong when we intentionally seek out and apply God's wisdom to our lives. He's given us a roadmap. He's given us the solution. And if we seek it out, if we're intentional and we apply it, we will see God work in our lives. In order for us to finish strong, we all have a next step to take. For some of you in this room, your next step is to really say yes to Jesus. Not to religion, not to a church, not to the smiles of your mom and dad, but really to Jesus. And you may not understand it all, but that's okay. Jesus says you're worth it. And he just needs your yes. For some of you, your next step is to begin to strategize and plan and mark out a path forward to ask God for wisdom. Others of us, it's time for us to apply what we already know. We've heard it before. It's now time to put it into practice. And for some of you, you have to do like the words of Isaiah that says, wait on the Lord. Wait on them. Because they they that wait on, on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I want to pray with you. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. 
Thank you for the moment that we have shared. Thank you for encouraging our hearts to finish strong. I pray, Lord, that we will begin to seek your wisdom like never before. And I pray that you would open our eyes to see new things, to think new thoughts, to strategize like never before. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a willing spirit to apply the knowledge that you have given us. And Father, I pray like never before, we would rest in your strength. That we would know that it is not our power that can do it. That it is your strength, it's your spirit, it's your power that will be able to take us through. We rely on you, we depend on you right now. And Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak hope to this room. I speak hope to marriages. I speak hope to to careers. I speak hope to relationships. I speak hope, God, to every circumstance. Every giant must fall in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let hope arise. Father, your word declares, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And those who are against us are against you. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that our enemies will be scattered. That the Egyptians we see today, we will see no longer. And Father, for the person that needs to say yes to you today, to surrender their hearts to you, I pray that they would pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, save me change me make me into the person that you want me to be and father we will give you the glory we will give you the honor thank you for the favor thank you for the answered prayers thank you that our best days are ahead of us thank you that you are doing new things and you will get the glory and honor in jesus name we pray and every believer say amen amen and amen thanks for listening if you would like to help support the ministries of stevens creek church please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.